0: Hey, this is Ollie and welcome to The Body Reset. This podcast has been built to help career-driven professionals and business owners intelligently upgrade their body, energy, and personal performance in the modern world. I want to help uncover some of the core concepts, beliefs, and frameworks that we've used with thousands of clients to navigate health and performance as we age. If you want more like this, simply subscribe so you never miss the newest episode. Hey team, hope your Thursday's going well. Are you ready to dive into this sticky topic of sugar cravings with me? Um, if you are, if you're here, if you're watching the live, drop me a comment down below, let me know that you're here. And if you're watching the replay, let us know that as well. What we're gonna do today, guys, we're gonna talk about sugar cravings. We actually had a little bit of a discussion about um around this topic a couple of months ago uh, but I do think it bears repeating and I've got some thoughts here just a little bit of a way to kind of visualize and unpack this a little bit for you that hopefully will be <laughs> excuse me really really helpful for you so if you don't know me I'm Mandy the clinical nutritionist in the body reset program and um, I, I love to really help people gather a little bit of an understanding of what's going on internally that's showing up then perhaps as their habits or their psychological drives or whatever so that we can really manage them from all angles and not feel like we're failing all the time. And this is a big theme I think with the um, sugar cravings is sugar cravings are incredibly controlling um, and it can feel like a battle that we're constantly fighting, never quite understanding or getting on top of. So hopefully this is really helpful for you. Um, What I wanna do is I wanna break this down. So there's three kind of key drivers that I've seen when it comes to sugar cravings. So the first one here is, it's psychological, that's your mind, neurological, your nervous system, and then emotional, and that's kind of how these two work together and it's how we actually manage our mood and all that sort of stuff. So all of those together as a bundle, that is one driver of sugar cravings, a very complex one. The second one is actually just simple habits the reality is our body gets used to what we do all the time and humans are creatures of habits so if you are used to having a little bit of chocolate after dinner or having dessert or having a sweet treat at a certain time of the day that your body will get used to that and you will get a craving for that and it's nothing other than just a habit because your body's expecting it so that's another component and another common driver and then the third one is really the biochemical nutritional piece and this is the one I really um, get kind of excited about but it's just as important and it really really is encompassing how our body utilizes fuel what happens after we consume sugar carbohydrates etc and then why those drivers might then lead to sugar cravings so these three things the psychological neurological emotional one the habit one and then the biochemical one what's really interesting about these is it could be one of these is your primary sugar cravings driver it could be that all three of these are working together. So this is where it gets a little bit sticky and a little bit tricky to untangle. And I want to give you kind of some practical ways to approach this to understand it for yourself, because this is why one one rule um, per se may work for one person and not for the other person, because it may be a totally different driver that is dead their struggle but what I've learned with working with a lot of people in this space is two two key things when it comes to the sugar cravings and, and kind of approaching this initially is that all three of those different drivers require a slightly different approach to management so the biochemical nutritional one does require that we have a little bit of an understanding of what we've eaten how we respond to those foods and how our body works ultimately the habits one requires that we have the ability to set some systems in place and some boundaries around things to actually build, to create an environment in which we can succeed. So we're not kind of just, you know, putting ourselves on the back foot all the time because we don't have systems or boundaries in place where we need them. And then the the neurological, psychological, emotional one, actually, ultimately, this requires some level of self-compassion and awareness because we need to be understanding what is triggering those cravings in the first place, recognizing them, and then being able to kind of go back from that and work out how we can manage that in the long run going forward. And the second thing that I've really come to realize with um, sugar cravings is that all three of the drivers are made easier to understand when we start with the biochemical? That is because if you're getting sugar track cravings that are somewhat impacted by your habits or somewhat impacted by your emotions, but primarily just driven by the fact that your blood sugar is crashing because you didn't eat enough earlier in the day, then you can be doing all the great work in the psychological emotional space and missing the key piece of the biochemical driver on the inside. So we start with that because that's something that we can control. In fact, we can even measure it a little bit more Um, and it sets a foundation for which we can then approach the other slightly more complex, slightly more nuanced pieces of the puzzle. So this is where we want to go today. And this brings me around to a question that I asked earlier in that week, which is what time of the day are you sugar cravings showing up? Because this tells us a whole lot about how to address the nutritional piece of the puzzle. And I want to give you a little example here. If your sugar craving is straight after a meal and a couple of people say, you know, straight after a meal, I just want something sweet. It's very, very likely two things going on here. One, your meal was not big enough. It did not fill you up enough. Your stomach's not full. You're still genuinely just feeling hungry. And that's actually okay. So maybe we can look at how do we bulk up the meal a little bit more? How do we make sure that that meal is satisfying across all of the sensory experiences? You know, the salty, the sour, the crunchy, all those sorts of things. How do we how do we create a meal that kind of means we don't need that sugary thing on the end? We're full enough. And two, it's likely also just a habit. If you're always having a little bit of chocolate after dinner, you will always want a little bit of chocolate after dinner. Body is just used to it. It's expecting that it's coming. It's not actually good or bad. It just is what it is. So that's one example. But the other example here with timing is... If you're getting a sugar craving, say one and a half to two hours post your meal. So this would look like sort of maybe 11 at 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning or two or three o'clock in the afternoon, maybe eight o'clock at night after dinner. This is a totally different scenario. What's more likely happening here is that the meal that you ate previously sent your blood sugars up sent your insulin up, insulin did its thing, moved that blood sugar into your cells or your adipose tissue or wherever it went, and then your blood sugars have dropped back down and your body's going into panic mode. Your body's saying, we're lacking energy, we need some more energy, and it starts sending these signals for you to start looking for food. Now, humans are very, you know, we're wired to seek out sugar because sugar is the quickest form of energy. So if we're dropping, in fact, if we've dropped kind of into a hypoglycemic state, where um, you get hangry or a bit um, antsy or whatever, you will really be seeking out sugar. And, and you'll so you'll have this sugar craving, but it's not that you're a failure it's not that there's any psychological driver here or habit here it's simply the biochemical processes at play mean that your body now needs some energy and so we approach this entirely differently we go back to the meal we ate before we work out how we could tweak and change it to make that blood sugar rise and fall a little more shallow so that we're kind of not getting these um, dips and stuff later into the day so that's Brings us to the first practical step that I want to give you today, which is pay attention to when the sugar craving is happening. Because when we understand when it is, and if there's a pattern with this, we can start to work out practical step number two, which is work out what preceded it. So when it it comes to what preceded it, it might be that perhaps we didn't eat enough for breakfast. Now, I'd have to say, most people that I talk to Uh, either skipping breakfast or eating a carbohydrate-based breakfast or not eating enough early enough in the day we have this real tendency because we're busy because we're very active because maybe we're trying to lose weight or whatever we save calories and don't eat that much early in the day particularly protein and the issue here is that from the time you wake up i can guarantee that you'll go 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 you'll be busy you know working you'll be busy mentally thinking you'll be busy looking after kids or or doing whatever it is that you do your body's using a lot of fuel but we're not providing it because we think it's a good idea not to eat all save our calories for dinner or something like that. And so we can end up throughout the kind of mid to oh, m- mid day <laughs> onwards, just having these lower energy sugar craving scenarios, which is actually just we're under fueled. So we really want to take with practical step number two is really about taking into account what we before. And addressing that first. So these two components of pay attention to the timing and then address what went before is really making sure we crack that nutritional biochemical nut first. Once we have a handle on that, it's really then a lot easier to start approaching the habits, the psychological pieces of the puzzle a little bit more. But I want to give you another little tip here, which is a little bit of a practical tip number three. The the one, the piece here is, is more around the habits bit and it's If there is a habit in place, so you have that craving for, say, some sweetness after dinner. First question is asked, is this a problem? You know, does that sweet craving impact your progress towards your goals? For example, if it's a couple of pieces of dark chocolate and it has no impact on your weight, it has no impact on your gut, it has no impact on your sleep, it's probably not a problem. However, if it is something that actually is impacting your Health, your weight, your goals, etc, then we need to start looking at how we can build systems and boundaries in place to manage that a little bit more. So the first thing would be, is there something you can replace that with? If it's something sweet you're looking for, can you put in maybe like a fruit, herbal tea or something else to replace it? Number two is, can you start moving away from it and rather than going straight to that thing because it's what you've always done, do something else first and then see if the craving is still there. So just create some space between the the, the thought, the the craving and the actual action of taking action on that craving. Just create a little bit of space and see if you still need it because you might find when it's just a habit that actually you don't need it at all. Um, And then the third one is is if if this doesn't kind of, work for you and there's something more often what people will respond really well to is just creating a boundary which they have personally chosen to put there so an example here for me is i don't eat sweet stuff after dinner five days of the week I just, I, I just don't do it, and not because I need to nod or anything like that, just because it's a nice boundary to be like, I've already made that choice. I don't have to get to the end of the day and be relying on my willpower to say no to that thing because I've already made the choice. It's pre-done. I don't expect it. My body's not looking for it. It just creates a nice boundary, and it also creates the freedom to be able to have it on a couple of days a week and not feel any guilt about it. So you can either look to replace it if it is a habit Um, that is a problem, you can create some space between the thought and then actually acting on it and just see if that helps you to not need to do it all the time or three put some boundaries around it that work for you. Now, my example there, don't eat sweets after dinner or five nights a week or something, that works for me. Find one that works for you. Create a boundary that you know you can stick to um, and just take the thought kind of out of it altogether. So that's my kind of tips for you today in and around the food cravings is knowing that getting that nutritional piece is important because if your blood sugars are crashing, it's triggering anxiety it's triggering stress hormones in your body which is going to drive sugar cravings no matter how emotionally regulated you are because that's a very real process that's going on in our body as well know that some of it's just habit and if it truly is just habit then create those systems and boundaries that allow you to win on default so you're not constantly fighting yourself Um, and then if it is more that psychological emotional need space And we need to obviously approach that with some self-compassion and some understanding and maybe looking at bringing in some um, other things that meet our need in that space. Hopefully this is helpful for you guys. I know it's a good one to sort of just get your head thinking around and really start paying attention um, to where those things are coming from for you. Okay, because we can't fix what we don't know, so start bringing some awareness to it, start just tracking and seeing where it's showing up for you. I have an emotional eating um, four-step process, which I have been through with a number of clients. It's just a nice step-by-step process to kind of work your way through emotional eating, sugar cravings, those sorts of things. If you would like this, please just comment down below, emotional eating and we can, or cravings. And we can send that out to you. Um, just giving a little bit more context here to help you understand this. Is, this is something that really keeps cropping up for you, and you feel like it's a battle that you keep having to have, and you never feel like you're getting anywhere with it. Really common one. You're absolutely not alone in this. Um, but yeah, hopefully helpful. Anyway, I'm done. Enjoy the rest of your day, guys. And um, just comment that cravings down below if you want to get that document. To have a look through. See you later. This episode was brought to you by The Body Reset, World Leaders in Health and Performance Coaching. If you love this episode, it'd be a massive help if you just share with one person that you think would benefit. I'd also love to hear from you personally on social media or via email if I can help you personally. Until next time, remember long-term change comes from self-compassion and thanks for tuning in.